A reading from What If It's Wonderful. Release your fears, choose joy, and find the courage to celebrate. Since the beginning of summer, we have held a Saturday night tradition of making s'mores at the fire pit in our front yard. We provide refreshments, s'mores fixings, and lawn games. Sometimes I add large bowls of freshly picked berries that stain our fingers red and purple, sugar snap peas from our latest farmer's market haul, or buckets of fuzzy peaches. No one is invited, and everyone is invited. What I mean is, there is no specific guest list or calls made telling people to come over at a specific time. But neighbors, friends of neighbors who are visiting from out of town, or anyone who happens to be passing by on their walking route is invited to our weekly front yard party. Some quickly grab a drink before proceeding with their walk. Others find their way to one of the Adirondack chairs surrounding our fire pit and they share their stories, chatting and laughing with us and watching the fire's embers twirl toward the stars. As we finish preparing our front yard, unsure of what this evening celebration will look like exactly, one neighbor, an elderly man, passes by with his golden retriever. The man slows his pace and says, Hi, what are you celebrating? We are well rehearsed with this question. Sometimes we say, summer, Saturday, but today, as we answer most often, we say, you. In the early days of this Saturday night tradition, the group that gathered was small, sometimes just Jimmy and me. It looked like we had prepared the festivities for a party that never materialized. But after several weeks, our front yard fire pit gathering turned into a celebration people have begun to anticipate. Some of our neighbors talk about the gathering and plan it throughout the week. And I've even noticed a few walkers from other parts of town intentionally shift their routes to more consistently include our house on Saturday evening. Maybe they like the free sparkling water, but I think it's the fellowship and the festivity of the ordinary that they crave and have come to count on each Saturday. I have grown dependent on this excitement too. So why are you doing this every week? The man asks, because celebration is changing everything for me, I say. These are words you would not have heard from me even a few years ago. Frankly, the idea of celebrating terrified me. Like so many others I had known, clients I had seen in my therapy practice, friends, family members who had experienced prolonged seasons of hurt and disappointment, I had become highly suspicious of joy, afraid to hold God's good gifts for fear that they would be snatched away. I was sure that celebration always comes with a catch. So I became practiced in praying for the miracle while preparing to mourn. But I was beginning to understand that this perspective was costly. I realized that much of the loss I had experienced in my life was not only the grief and disappointment itself, but also the joy I overlooked because I was too afraid to embrace it. I was missing out on delight in the present moment because I dreaded the pain I imagined the future would bring. I neglected connection in relationships because too often I chose projects over people. And... I was missing the enduring joy of deepening my relationship with God, often distracted with expecting more thrill from earthly victories, opportunities, and gifts than they were meant 
to give. Heartlifters, today we welcome back for part two, reimagining our what if scenarios. We welcome back Nicole Zasowski, the author of this amazing book, What If It Is Wonderful. Part one was enriching, enlivening, engaging, and I took away several, several things. And I began asking myself the question that she brought up in part one. So I'm going to offer it to you today, and I want you to hold it just really close. What if I blank and I'm disappointed? Then she added, what if I blank and it is wonderful? And then along with those two questions, I have held so closely this one thing that Nicole said. She had a suspicion of joy. Because what if it's just too good to be true? What if, what if, what if? So then I asked myself one final question. Janelle, is there a refusal of joy in your life? So I ask you today to just hold these things as we welcome Nicole back. Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heartlifting journey towards living a meaningful life. It is a it is a defense for sure. Totally. Yeah, totally. I really want to sit here for a minute because I just feel like um, it isn't something that we've really talked about a lot on the show here. Mm. Um, and I love that I've never heard of. I, I this is what I love about life, and I love about the field we're in. There is always something I have not heard of, and I have not heard of restoration therapy. Could you just explain that just a bit, if you wouldn't sure. mind? Okay. Yeah. It's a newer model. It was actually started by my mentor in graduate school. So I was privileged to learn from the man himself. Um, and he mentored me for 10 years. So, and what is his name? Uh, Dr. Terry Hargrave. Okay. Okay. Um, and so I, a lot of what I've explained so far is actually in that context. So when we experience pain, It either informs our identity or sense of safety. And Mm -hmm. so you and I could go through the same thing tomorrow, the same painful event, and I might feel not good enough and worthless, and you might feel out of control and powerless. Mm -hmm. And those are just examples. No, that's (laughs) so good. um, It's so good. And the reason for that is you and I have both lived different stories. We have um, that have shaped the wounds that we carry. Mm -hmm. So I also give the analogy, if I have a broken arm and you have a broken leg and we both fall, you're going to feel it in your leg and I'm going to feel it in my arm because that's where our previous injuries are. That's so good. So actually a lot of the emotional pain that we feel has less to do with the current trigger and more to do with 
the wounds that we're carrying around. So it's very trauma informed. Yeah, it is. It is. Yep. So you and I, or anybody is probably feeling the same three or four painful feelings every time they go through something painful. Okay. And it may not even make logical sense Mm -hmm. to the situation. Um, So if you and I were a part of a conversation around lunch um, Mm -hmm. with maybe some other women. Oh, that'd be great. (laughs) That would be great. Would that not be great? (laughs) That'd not be great. Can we make that happen? Yes. I would love that. And I feel a contest coming on. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Have so lunch maybe, with us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So maybe a woman makes a comment and it, it, um, maybe it doesn't land on me at all. And maybe it grazes one of your wounds. Yes. Um, and I, it might, you know, I might need to understand, well, tell me what that comment, uh, mm-hmm. how that landed on you and, and why, did it touch that wound? So all that to say, so good, less Nicole. about the thing and more about our stories. And then mm-hmm. in turn, we all have ways of protecting ourselves that are totally understandable, but not very helpful. No. And not have very and healthy. Was, no. <laughs> and right. what was once a needed shield mm-hmm. becomes a barrier to Oof. connection as an adult. Oof. Is that line um, in one of your books? Cause that's a good sentence. <laughs> yeah, it's actually in the first one. That's <laughs> a really great sentence. I love sentences. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. And, and I think we need to have compassion on that child that needed that to survive. Mm-hmm. And we are responsible for as adults growing into a place where we can tell our defenses to stand down and yes, own the truth and, and make that action. So, yeah. um, that sounds a lot like, um, we've had the privilege of talking about internal family systems uh-huh. on the show. So it does. Yeah. I learned yep. a lot through that, um, myself about, okay, that I did need it as my shield, as your yep. language just so brilliantly spoke to us, but now it is a barrier mm-hmm. to joy. Yeah. Yeah. To celebration. Yeah. Can I read something from your book? Would you mind? Please. Okay. Oh my goodness. This is so good. So this is from page 37. It's from chapter four, protective pessimism. Pessimism is more than simply a neuroscience phenomenon for me. This is you writing. (laughs) It is a trusted guard against pain. I really know how This is going to resonate. This is so important. I stare into the future and believe the worst will surely happen. What a placement of an adverb there. Mm -hmm. I rehearse disappointment, which you've said, in an attempt to prepare me for what I believe to be inevitable pain. Too often, I've let my brain convince me that it is helpful to practice the potential pain instead of training it towards hopeful imagination. Mm Hold on to that. <laughs> when confronted with possibility or opportunity, here is, oh, I want to break through this today. Like I want to break through it in my own life. And I want us all to break through this. When confronted with possibility or opportunity or success, even, mm-hmm. or sheer joy, mm-hmm. delight, mm-hmm. happiness, my first thought 
following any momentary excitement is often, you fill it in. <laughs> you remember? I don't actually. It will be terrible. It will be oh, yeah. terrible. And all, I, and all I see is evidence that supports my theory that what I hope for will not turn out well. What is that all about? What have you gleaned from this journey? Probably through weeping and weeping and I call it the puddle on the floor time, you know, what, what are you, what are you bringing forth from that? Like that is such a birth experience to me. And, you know, it's after the transition of such pain. Yeah. I think for a long time, um, it was easier not to hold joy than to try and hold something that might break Mm -hmm. in my hands. Mm -hmm. And, um, And yet, (laughs) uh, after I realized I was missing out on so much, Mm. I started exploring celebration and what scripture had to say about celebration Mm -hmm. and what the neuroscience had to say about joy and celebration. Mm -hmm. And I realized that my view um, was so narrow. Um, and, and I had, I was considering celebration to be a reaction to a good outcome instead of a rhythm that I practice. Oh, say that again. You're so good. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Instead of considering it a reaction to a good outcome, which is how we typically think of it, it reward that it's actually a rhythm that we practice to cultivate joy. Mm -hmm. And at first I was to be honest with you, so irritated that <laughs> celebration. So sorry, I get it. So get it. So it was like, gosh darn it. Yeah. This is not what I wanted the research to say. No. Um, because you want, you want, we so want to have a reason to celebrate. We do. We want the obvious dream realized, goal achieved. Mm-hmm. shift in our circumstances. Well, and we train. Yeah, no, no, no. no, no, no. (laughs) And then the natural celebration to follow that. And I was annoyed that celebration had to be a discipline too. I thought, oh, isn't there enough things in life that require practice that don't come naturally that, you know, require discipline to Mm. cultivate in our lives And then I realized how empowering that was and how disempowering it is to treat it like a reward. Um, Mm -hmm. I used to get super anxious around New Year's. Um, Like it would make me want to hide under the covers and ignore the whole month of January with all this talk about goal setting and dreaming and vision casting. It just gave me hives. And... (laughs) (laughs) I realized it was because my celebration was so contingent on my circumstance. On outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah. I would walk into a new year or some sort of transition or new season and think, well, I hope I have a reason to celebrate this year or this mm-hmm. season. or, And it was incredibly empowering mm. to say, no, this is something I can practice today. Okay. In a season of joy or a season of suffering, this is available to me now. 
How so? Like how so? What does that look like? Yes. So this was super important to me Mm. in writing What If It's Wonderful. The last third is mostly around practices. I want this. I'm so happy. (laughs) Readers to walk away with whether you're coming to this book in a season of sorrow, because I know life, life Mm -hmm. is hard already. And I know life has been really hard these last couple of years. It has. Um, It's not lifting either, which is what what we, (laughs) I think we're all of our, our expectations. Now we're disappointed because it isn't lifting. Exactly. And now we have affects of it. Yep. And now there is a war and there are, yeah. Right. So all the things, mm -hmm, all the things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I really wanted, no matter what kind of season you're walking, I Mm -hmm. wanted those practices to be available. I didn't want anybody to be disqualified from them. I love that. Um, so uh, I can name a few of them. I want you, I have them right here, but you please read part three, find the courage to celebrate. It is so rich and practical yes. and take away. Thank you. Licensed marriage and family therapist. <laughs> You're <laughs> so giving welcome. us nuts and bolts, you know, and giving us meat on the bones so that we can walk away and actually know I've got to find, it's like a treasure hunt mm-hmm. somewhere in this suffering. You know, we talk so much here about holding joy and holding sorrow at the yeah. same time. Yeah. If, if my journey with my daughter-in-law, my son has taught me so much of that, you know, just holding joy and sorrow at the same time, you know, um, what a hard journey that is. Okay. So tell us what these rhythms and these practices are. Yes. So my favorite one, or if it's kind of like picking your favorite child, I I love them all, but, uh, my favorite place to start, um, is a practice called savoring. Yes, I have it right here. Let's talk about practice savory. Oh, good, good. So savoring, what this does is it celebrates the ordinary. And Mm -hmm. to appreciate the necessity of this, we have to understand a few things about the brain. Okay. Because left on neutral, the brain sadly leans negative. It does. Um, So there's this thing called the hedonic treadmill going on in our brain, which means it rapidly adapts to joy. Mm -hmm. So what's new and exciting and maybe the gift that you thought would make you want for nothing else in the world quickly fades into the background and becomes somewhat normal. Um, And then as we've probably discussed before on here, um, the, the brain is stickier with negative full mm-hmm. input. So, so, so those, sticky. Yep. <laughs> all those pleasant, joyful everyday moments of delight. Um, your brain is largely going to scan past and not see as something that it needs to hang on to. Yeah. And then finally we have this habit of telling our joy, how it can be improved upon. Oh, so <laughs> say, say you finished a presentation, um, at work or you shared, uh, a talk at your church and you sit down and you feel really good about what you shared. Some people said some nice things on your way to your seat. And then you start thinking, Ooh, it would have been better if I said this without a doubt. Or 
they said I was a good speaker, but they didn't say I was a great speaker. That's ex- mm. uh, <laughs> ouch, so, ouch, 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 ouch. Yes. <laughs> so this is our starting place when it comes to joy and celebration. And I say that when I talk about savoring, because savoring is our way of counteracting that and retraining mm-hmm. our brain, building those new neural pathways. That's it. And the way that we do this is we ask our five traditional senses what they're going to remember about a moment. Mm-hmm. So I love when this can be practiced mm-hmm. in the moment, like you're, yeah. you're experiencing a moment in the present and you take a mental snapshot, mm-hmm. but it can also be practiced as you reflect on your day and you just take one snapshot. Doesn't know, mean- I love that. The whole day doesn't mean the whole day or the, even the whole moment had to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Just one little element that you want to keep. And you just say, what am I seeing? Mm-hmm. What am I smelling? What am I hearing? What am I tasting? And what am I feeling? Mm-hmm. And that reserves it in your brain mm-hmm. as, and allows you to keep it and carry it forward to be recalled later right. as a moment of joy. It's, it's so beautiful. Great technique if it you're is. anxious. Like mm-hmm. I am, because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, your brain loves to pull you into the future and give you a tour of all the things that could go wrong when it's when you're anxious, mm-hmm. or pull you into the past and tell you what you shoulda, coulda, woulda done differently. Exactly. But this keeps you really in the present. Yep. Um, where your brain can calm down. Um, mm-hmm. so I think this- that's the challenge of life. I don't know uh-huh. about you and your practice, Nicole, or just, I know yep. in your own life, you're sharing from your own life. Uh, I, I know that practicing, you know, being here now, being in the moment, mindfulness, watchfulness, whatever you want to call it, grounding, you know, is the greatest challenge in the world. We're mm-hmm. just not, a you know, now, right now kind of people in the sense of what, what's going on around me right now. Yeah. You know, I mean, daffodils are blooming you know, and they're just so beautiful. And I just wonder who, who has stopped to cut a few and put them on a, put them on their desk or on the kitchen counter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yesterday I was sitting at my desk and I got this waft of fragrance and I was like, I work with a lot of essential oils. I'm like, what oil is that? That is not. And then I was like, oh, that's not an oil. That's my daffodil. Uh I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know they had that beautiful smell. I mean, I should know that. Yeah. Right at that moment. So I think that's what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I know that the studies that uh, about joy are completely and totally linked to gratitude, that if Mm -hmm. you just begin to practice gratitude, you will start to experience joy, Like you really can't have one without the other. Yes. And that is a perfect entree into my other favorite practice. I'm so excited. The practice of Thanksgiving. Yes. And you're absolutely right. Gratitude The research is clear. It does increase our joy because it helps us notice and name Mm -hmm. what is good. So as we're noticing, we're scanning our day for Mm -hmm. what is good in our lives and naming it helps us put structure around it in a way that we can capture it. Yeah. What we don't often talk about is the research also says that Thanksgiving actually expressing the gratitude that we feel. Mm Mm-hmm doubles the joy that we glean from gratitude. So 
actually sharing with the people in our lives, this is the difference that you Mm -hmm. make in my life because you're in it. And here's how I've learned and grown from Mm -hmm. you. And here's all the reasons you make my life better because Mm -hmm. you're in it. Not Mm -hmm. only will that hopefully give Mm -hmm. joy to the receiver of those words, but it will double your joy from as it, you know, and versus if you had simply kept that in your heart and simply felt it. Now yeah. there's benefit there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a vulnerable experience yes. to share. In fact, I was um, talking about this with a woman earlier today and she burst into tears <gasps> because of how scary that felt. And she could recognize wow. how good it was and how beautiful that mm-hmm. moment would be and how terrifying that was to her. To share something about something, uh, share healing words, speak healing yeah. words to someone else and, and encourage them. Yeah. To huh. express, cause it's, I mean, we, we started the conversation by talking about how vulnerable joy was just yeah. as a healing. Right. And here we are actually sharing that joy, right. um, to be received by somebody else. And, yeah. and that, that heightens the vulnerability too, but it does. It's the avenue we've been given to Mm -hmm. celebrate the gift with the giver. Mm -hmm. And whether it's in your prayers or another person in your life, I have loved challenging myself when I feel grateful to actually express it. Yes. And it's made such a difference in my joy. I love it. You encourage us. One of the rhythms and rituals that you, you tell us to practice is to write thank you notes. Yep. And, and yep. so I think when we write things down, that's once again, part yep. of the journey in our brain, it actually has more affect on us and it, and it gets wired differently. Yes. So I love that you tell us and you, you say to write them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or text. Write them. And if really you can, mm-hmm. yeah. And if you can, some people feel more comfortable writing it first and then reading that to the person. Yeah. Um, or, you know, share the essence of what's in the note. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but where I talk about keep the thank you notes is that became a, a catchphrase between my mentor and I, because mm. his wife said, I tell Terry that he gets all these thank you notes from students over the years and there's no place to keep them. Oh. So years later, he got one of the biggest awards you can get in our field. Wow. It was a major, major award wow. in family therapy. And so there was this huge ceremony and a reception afterward. Oh, how beautiful. Wow. And I gave him a box, a wooden box, and on the top was engraved, keep the thank you notes. Oh my gosh, I want um, that. I want one. I know. I think we all need one. We all need. I think so. To collect that affirmation. For the rainy um, days, man. For, for the storms. For the puddle. Yeah. For the puddle on the floor days. Yes. Oh, yes. That's to brilliant. Okay. Like, you know, I I have been called to this work, and I have made a difference. And yes. even on a day when I question why. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, and more particularly on the days. Yes. When we question why, for sure. Yeah. It's yeah. so valuable to have those, that collection of gratitude and thankfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's another way that we can practice celebration is to receive affirmation. Yes. Um, talk I about don't a receive well. Yeah. experience. It is. 
It's very, very vulnerable for me. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> That's and my word for the year is receive. Yeah, I was oh, like, really? oh no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Why are you giving me that word? God, you know how I much know. I hate to receive. So uncomfortable. Yes. It is. And how often do we deflect, mm. uh, you know, oh. you should ask my husband what he thinks or, you know, we're sarcastic or, um, or you're just being sweet or. That's uh, right. What do you want from me? Day. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Exactly. So yeah. being able to just say some form of thank you, I received that. Yeah. Put um, it in your pocket. Hold it yes. for a day. Just say yes. thank you. Yeah. That's a good practice. Okay. So I'm, I've kept you a long time. I want to get through these other ones. Be expectant. Now I find that one extremely challenging with what you have shared with us today. So I do want to just hear just a teeny bit like here you have so many multiple miscarriages, Nicole, <laughs> that word expectant is a big word. Yeah. Tell me, tell me. And I used to kind of picture like hands on hip, foot tapping, like, yeah. I, I, like a demanding picture. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I learned more and realized it's more about holding hope and letting your imagination wander to what is possible. And again, here, I think it's more about, um, is my hope contingent on a certain outcome? Is my joy yeah. contingent on a certain outcome? That's Certainly so we're going to have desires That's and, right. and hopes. And we are humans living in a broken mm-hmm. world. Um, paying attention and our hearts are breaking. Like there there's, this isn't about not feeling That's pain correct. in response to something painful that we, we can't protect ourselves from that, nor should we try. Right. Um, but I, there were two stories in scripture that were really helpful to me in distinguishing okay. the difference. Oh, tell me. One was uh, a character that is not a major character in the Bible, but Herod Antipa. And he was so excited to meet Jesus because he had plans and Jesus was going to be the power to his plans, like Mm -hmm. a magician. Mm -hmm. And so his views of God, his views of uh, his worship and awe of God were contingent upon what God could do for him. Yeah. And of course, Jesus did not cooperate with his Mm -hmm. plans. (laughs) Not at all. And Herod uh, rejected Jesus immediately because his mm-hmm. hope was more invested in the power to his plans than than in the power and, and joy of Jesus himself. Yes. And then we have Daniel as our counterexample. Mm. And of course, Daniel longed um, to for God's protection and um, had a clear desire for what the outcome would yeah. be. And you know, he knew that God could, he trusted God's character and knew God was capable. And he believed that he would, he prayed with an expectant heart, like Lord, three times a day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That you're going to move in my situation. And I'm trusting that you will. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't, you're still the same God to me. Mm -hmm. And that, I love that because it, it makes it a good idea to hope. Mm -hmm. It does. That's good, Nicole. It's super and it's good. A, it's safe to dream with that perspective. Mm. And mm. so I I rest in that. And that is when I have a strong desire of my heart, 
I bring that before the Lord. Um, Oh, that's so good. On this book launch day, I'm thinking to myself, that would be a good prayer for this book. (laughs) It's really an amazing day to have you on because I know, I know all of the feels of a book launch day and, and, you know, for listeners who, you know, you can relate just a big day that you've had planned, you know, your dreams coming true. You're bringing a baby into the world for us. It would be a book or whatever, but it's any time you have uh, hope invested in something, right? And I think that you've made a a true clarification that we can begin to really take to heart and meditate on. And especially, you know, we're we're taping this in the Lenten season Mm. um, where we are making our way, you know, to the cross at Calvary and the clarification being that we can't be attached to the outcomes. Right. We can't be attached to the answered prayer. We can't be attached to anything other than Jesus. Yes. Other than what he did for us on the cross. We just can't be. Mm-mm. Yet we're so prone to be. Yes. He is where the joy is. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of my disappointment, to be honest, you know, again, we're not robots. We're going to feel we're not disappointment robots. when something yes. doesn't go the way we hoped. Mm-hmm. But the level of disappointment and devastation I have felt around a lot of what's occurred in my life has also been expecting more joy from the gift than it was meant to give. And I think oh, that speaks goodness to what gracious. Because what Mm. sits at the center of our affection is going to determine the satiation of our joy. And if anything other than Jesus is at the center, the the joy will flake off and we will be disappointed to some Mm -hmm. degree. We will. But I think that is, I think I just want to leave us there. You know, Mm -hmm. I I would like to leave us with these words. This is in your study guide that... um, Ah. Um, I got because I was uh, pre-ordered your book, but you probably <laughs> still can get this, I'm sure. Yes, yes. And it's on page two of your study guide. And it says, what has your pain cost you? Mm-hmm. The stories I tell myself about what the future will look like, the stories that attempt, attempted to warn me that joy is dangerous and would leave me hurt were draining the delight out of my days. Mm-hmm. And I just really want to leave everyone. I, I, I hope and I pray that um, everyone picks up this book via Kindle or whatever. And Nicole, that you have left us today with much food for thought. Mm -hmm. This is a podcast episode or two, maybe broken into two, because there are some really deep truths that if I have your permission, I would love to maybe mine them and have some teaching moments built into our podcast episodes, because I think that we have some so, so many, if not all of us attach to outcome, Mm. you know, and we attach to, to the gift, bringing us more joy than it, it really merits. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that just speaks so deeply to my own soul today. And that if I'm looking to anything other than my deep, intimate relationship with the Trinity, to really satiate me, you brought that word into the conversation that I love. I love the word satiate. You know, I mean, Jesus was so clear when he said, I give you rivers of living water and they're filled with Zeo filled 
you know, everything, everything we need to really live a life of eudaimonia, which is a meaningful life filled with struggle and pain and pleasure. So I pray for everyone that's listening today, that they will heed your wisdom Mm -hmm. and they will take it to a quiet place and that they will hunt what I call go on the hunt for everyday epiphanies Yes, where they savor, you know, and I, I call it sit, sit and savor, you know, saunter, sit and savor is how I uh-huh. framed uh-huh. it in my book because um, Thoreau had a beautiful quote on sauntering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so any closing thoughts from you that you would like to leave us with? You have left us with so many. Oh, well, you know, when I talk about this, occasionally I'll have a reader or a listener reach out to me and say, do you think I need to demonstrate a certain level of hope or an expectant heart before Jesus is willing to intervene? And I love the honesty and vulnerability in that question, because in this conversation about celebration, I think we can overlay our issues with performance or our, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, thoughts about, uh, about God onto this conversation. And I just want to assure Mm -hmm. anybody listening that God's faithfulness to you does not depend on your faith. It does not. His goodness is not a function of your goodness. No, there's simply so much joy available to us when we trust God at his word and we mm-hmm. trust what is possible with God. Oh, that's so beautiful. And if I could add to that, because mm. just this morning I had an huh. intense, an intensive with someone and literally one of the most, just a beautiful woman who follows Jesus with all of her heart. Yet she was, you know, shooting and wooding and cutting mm. and, you know, what am I doing wrong? What am I not doing? Why is God being silent? Why am I not hearing God? And I hear that all the time. I've spoken that. Mm-hmm. And I think that you have, you have brought us to understand that <laughs> what I concluded in my own recent journey is that I still don't know and believe the depths of love that God has for me. First John mm-hmm. four, seven through 21 verse 16 says, I know and believe the love that God has for me. Mm-hmm. And when I read that in a puddle on the floor a few weeks ago, <laughs> um, I went, oh no, oh dear. I don't know that because if I really knew that, because you can go a couple of verses later and it says perfect love casts out all fear. Mm. And so I think we're all really still journeying towards understanding the depths and breadths of love the heights, the length, all the love that this merciful, gracious, loving God has for us. I love that. And as we embrace that, then the shame will shift into the beautiful grace that I think he wants us all to embrace. So thank you, Nicole. Amen. Many blessings on your books, many blessings on your life. And may you just enjoy, celebrate fact that you brought these wise words into the world today. Thank you, friend. You're welcome. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community 
at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity. <laughs>